This content is suitable for curious and objective listeners and viewers only. User discretion is advised. You know, they say if you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Credential Show, the NFL Agent Edition. On today's episode, we will will be talking about (laughs) incentives. We will be talking about veteran benefit contracts. We will be talking about roster rules. We also will be talking about salary cap charges. And we will be talking about rules, penalties, fines, suspensions, and this is going to be an exciting episode of the NFL Agent Edition. (laughs) (laughs) And this is basically a detour from the normal credential show because I am currently preparing to become an NFL agent, so I decided to make a mini-series chronicling my experience, what I'm learning, why I'm learning it. And I figured, you know, this would be a cool way to reteach myself and at the same time teach others who may be interested in doing a similar journey or were ever curious about what it takes. So every week I get a list of questions that I remix for this episode And the questions I get are based on the prep course that I'm taking from Sports Management Worldwide. I'll give them a shout out. And this week's questions kick my butt. I actually was supposed to release this during the week. And I have to wait to the weekend because I had to to figure this stuff out, man. (sighs) So I had something planned. And when I got the review before I released these... I got three out of the ten questions wrong, which is not acceptable on my standards, so I had to... You know what I'm saying? I had to restart. And now I got the the idea of what it takes to answer these questions properly and what I'm learning and why I'm learning it. I figured, okay, now it's time to uh, make the episode and, and share it and give you some some random knowledge to share with your friends. <laughs> so who's ready? <laughs> you are ready? Okay, you ready? All right, all right. All right, so number one, Saints quarterback Drew Brees signed a two-year contract on March 13th, 2018, containing a 2020 contract here, which automatically voids at 3.59, 59 p.m. Eastern time in the last day of the 2019 league year. Breeze's 2018 compensation consisted of the following. $10.2 million base salary guaranteed for skill injury cap. And number two, a $13.5 million first day of the league year roster bonus <laughs> guaranteed for skill injury and salary cap. And three, a $3.3 million third day of the league year roster bonus Guaranteed for skill and injury. His 2019 compensation consisted of a $10 million base salary and a $12 million three-day, third day of the league year roster bonus. On the first day of the 2019 league year, the Saints converted Breeze's roster bonus and $3 million of his base salary into a signing bonus while adding a 2020-21 
contract year automatically voiding at 3.59.59 p.m. on the last day of the 2019 league year. Breeze signed a two-year contract on March 17, 2020. The new contract contains 2022 and 2023 contract years, which automatically void at 3.59.59 p.m. Eastern Time on the last day of the 2021 league year. Breeze's 2020 compensation consisted of a $2 million base salary guaranteed for skill, injury, and cap, and a $20 million fifth day of the league year roster bonus guaranteed for skill, injury, and cap. His 2021 co- compensation consisted of a $25 million base salary. What is Breeze's 2021 salary cap year? That is a lot to say Uh-oh. so what do you need to do in order to get his salary cap number so just so you know his salary cap number is basically what the team has agreed to pay him for that year which consists of the base salary or the p5 because it's the fifth paragraph of the nfl contract you got your bonuses which could be signing it could be reporting it could be roster it could be workout, and it could be option bonus. Um, or you got your incentives, which are accolades and statistics. And, and that's pretty much it. So that makes up your salary cap. So going back to the question for Drew Brees, his 2021 salary cap. So, you know, for one, his 2021 compensation is $25 million, So, you can easily add $25 million to the calculations because that's the base salary. Then, what happens is when he gets the $20 million roster bonus guaranteed for skill, injury, and cap, that means that is fully guaranteed. And with fully guaranteed bonuses, those bonus amounts are allowed to be prorated or basically spread out amongst the entire length of the contract up to five years for the NFL. So, for instance, in this case, when he signs the new contract, he signs two years, and he can, and it contains two extra years, 22 and 23, which automatically void. But for proration purposes, they're allowed to be counted as years in which the roster bonus that was fully guaranteed to be prorated over those years. So since it's $20 million, it's a four-year deal. You do 20 divided by four, which is five, right? So... 5 million per year. So for 2021, it falls in within one of those four years. So you do 25 plus 5. And then you follow the same logic because in 2019, the Saints convert Breeze's roster bonus, which was 12 million, and 3 million of his base salary while adding a 2021 contract year, which automatically voids. Now, Going back to the same premise, you add up the roster bonus plus the $3 million that was fully guaranteed 
Well, since it's turning into a signing bonus, signing bonuses are automatically allowed to be prorated. They have to meet no standards. It's just a signing bonus. They just automatically prorate to the length of the contract. So since it's 2019, 2020, and then the extra year of 2021, that's three years, 15 divided by three is five. So going back to the salary cap, you have 25 for the base salary. You have $5 million from the proration of the roster bonus from 2019, and you have the $5 million from the roster bonus that was prorated in 2020. So your answer would be $35 million. Oh, no, 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 that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. Be one of the... <laughs> hey! Ta-da. So, number two. Stephon Gilmore signed a five-year deal averaging $15 million per year with the New England Patriots in 2017 as a unrestricted free agent. He doesn't report to Patriots training camp in 2021 because he, un- he is unhappy with his contract. Gilmore reports to the Patriots after the second preseason game without any changes to his contract. What's the maximum fine the Patriots may assess Gilmore? So, the answer to this is based on Article 42, which basically outlines the disciplines for missing certain parts of training camp and the various, or well, between training camp and other off-season workouts and the various penalties that go with them. So if you go on Article 42, you'll see that with unrestricted free agents that sign with new teams, when they miss parts of training camp, it's a automatic $50,000 fine per day. Plus, if that player also misses preseason games, then that player gets fined one regular season game regular season game check for every preseason game missed. The more you know, right? So, based on this scenario, since he doesn't report to training camp and he reports after the second preseason game, the maximum fine the Patriots may assess Gilmore would be fifty thousand per day plus two regular season game checks since he missed two preseason game preseason games <laughs> all right number three Daniel Daniels signs a veteran salary benefit contract consisting of only paragraph five salary with the uh, Cardinals in 2021 it contains a full split Daniels is put on injured reserve in week four of the regular season Arizona's bye week is in week 11. Daniels returns to the 53-man roster in week 12. He goes back on IR in week 16. (sighs) Always hurt, man. How many weeks should Daniels be paid his league minimum salary and at the split amount? So, basically... In this situation, you're talking about split contracts. And basically, split contracts 
are contracts that pay players two separate amounts based on whether or not they're on the active 53-man roster and the active 47-48 roster. Now, the 47-48 roster is the active game day roster. During game days, teams can only have 47 players or 48 players depending on how many O-linemen that the team has active. If the team has eight active O-linemen, then they can have 48 players active. If the team has less than eight, then they can have 47 players active. Now, split contracts, depending on the level of accrued seasons and credited seasons with split contracts, there is a point where a player can get to where if they just make the active roster, then the split goes away and they can only and then they can go back to averaging the minimum salary for a player with their number of credited seasons. So it gets a little tricky. So going back to the question, right? The players put on injured reserve in week four. So that means he plays week one, two, and three. Then he comes back week 12. So he plays week 12, plays week 13, week 14, week 15, and then he goes back on the IR for the rest of the year. So if he makes the league minimum when he's on the active, right, then we just count up the number of weeks that he was active. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven weeks at the league minimum salary, and then 11 weeks at the split amount. (laughs) Allen Allen is an undrafted free agent who signs with the Las Vegas Raiders right after the 2021 NFL draft. Spends the first five weeks on the of the season on Las Vegas's practice squad before Tampa Bay Bucks sign him to their 53-man roster in the six-week of the season. It's a one-year contract at his league minimum salary. Tampa Bay releases Allen the day after the Panthers game. How much compensation, if any, does Tampa Bay owe Allen in addition to his pay for the Panthers game? Now, the answer to this is based on a couple factors. So, for one, when a player from the practice squad gets signed to the 53-man roster, then they have an automatic, basically, um, contingency in their contract, which states that as soon as they're signed, they automatically get three weeks of paychecks, no matter if the player's on the roster for one day after being signed or two weeks and six days after being signed. They automatically are basically guaranteed three game checks. And that's like a bonus. That's like their bonus per se uh, is getting at least those three weeks of guaranteed paychecks no matter what. Now, in this situation, 
he plays one game and he's cut after one game. So that means he's owed two games of paychecks. So for rookies in the NFL, the max, the minimum salary is 660000 So you do 660000 divided by 18 weeks because there's 18 weeks in the season. That gives you 3,666 and 66.67 you would do that number times 2 because that's the weekly pay. And you would do that times 2 because he's missing two game checks. And that would give you... Seventy three thousand three hundred and thirty three. And that would be your answer. <laughs> Number five. Barry Berry signed a five year contract with the New York Giants in twenty seventeen containing a fifteen million dollar signing bonus. In twenty twenty one he doesn't report to the Giants until the roster cut down. To 53 players, 38 total days missed. How much of Barry's signing bonus could the Giants recoup? Now, this basically is like goes to back to forfeitures. Forfeitures are certain clauses in the contract that allows the team to recoup money based on personal misconduct issues, essentially. Also, such things as like retirement. And a whole list of other personal clauses that basically strip your money away. It's on Article 4. And the previous question, information regarding to practice squad moving up contracts is on Article 33. And going back to Barry Barry, signed a five-year deal. So how much of Barry's signing bonus could the Giants recoup? Now, when it comes back, when it comes down to teams recouping signing bonus, they can only recoup off based off the prorated amount, so the amount divided over the number of years of the contract, and it can only be for that specific year. So, for instance, in this situation, since it's 2021, you can only recoup from 2021. So if you do the math, 15 divided by 5, because that's the length of the years of the contract, divided by the total value of the signing bonus. So 15 million divided by 5 years, that's 3 million per year. And 3 million, what's 25% of 3 million? That should be 750,000. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a lot of these questions are very tricky with the with the wording of them. So, number six, Brad Bradley signs a one-year deal in 2021 with the Detroit Lions. He played for the Green Bay Packers in 2020. 
He played 740 out of Green Bay's 1,000 defensive plays and had five interceptions in 2020. His average playtime for 2018 through 2020 was 62.5%. Bradley averaged four interceptions during 2018 through 2020 seasons. He was also named to the Pro Bowl in 2018-2019, and Bradley has incentives in 2021 of 300000 for 45 or more defensive playtime snaps and 300000 for 75% or more defensive playtime. There are also incentives of 300000 for making the Pro Bowl and another 300000 for four or more interceptions and an additional 300000 for six or more interceptions. How much of Bradley's incentives are considered not likely to be earned. <sighs> it's a lot of talking. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. So for this one, it's pretty straightforward. So for incentives, they're either likely to be earned or not li- not likely to be earned, and that's all based on what have you done for me lately. So it's pretty straightforward. Whatever you, you have done the previous year, if your incentives are the same or lower, then they are likely to be earned. If they are higher, then they are not likely to be earned. So based on this scenario, Brad has 74% defensive play time and five interceptions in 2020. doesn't matter what he's done from any interval of years. It's all about what have you done for me lately. So what have you done for me last year? all based on 2020 stats. So if you remember, he has an incentive for making the Pro Bowl for 300000 but he only made it in 18 and 19, not 2020. So that's not not likely to be earned. That's, that's, that's one. Then he has an additional 300000 for 600 more interceptions. He had five in 2020, so that's another one. That's 600000 Then he has... A 300,000 incentive for 75% or more defensive play time, and he only averaged 74% last year, so that's another one. That's three. So three incentives of 300,000 equals 900,000 of not likely to be earned incentives. Number seven, Chris Chris. Signed a four-year contract with the Dallas Cowboys in 2019 with a $4 million signing bonus. His 2021 base salary is $2 million. It is fully guaranteed for skill and dream cap. $1 million of his $2.5 million base salary is also fully guaranteed. The Cowboys released Chris on June 2nd, 2021. What are Dallas's 2021 salary cap charges for all of his, for Chris, after his release. So, in this scenario, what are the salary cap charges for Chris after his release? Since he is a June 2nd release, that means his signing bonus, which was prorated, gets spaced out over two years instead of all hitting the cap after one year. Because basically the way it works is any player cut before June 1st 
all their signing bonus proration money in any fully guaranteed signing bonus. I mean, any fully guaranteed money gets all lumped into basically dead salary cap space for that present year. Now, if it's after June 2nd, then the signing bonus money gets spaced out over two years. So the first year, you only get charged that specific year. So if you get released in 2021 and your deal runs through 2023, then 2021 only counts on 2021's year. And for 2022, 2022 and 2023, signing bonus prorated amount, prorated amount counts on the 2022 salary cap as a dead salary cap space charge. There's two years left of the signing bonus. So that means only one year goes on the 2021. And the 2021 would be $1 million because he had a $4 million signing bonus and a four-year contract. So that means two years and $2 million are left. And then you would also add the base salaries of his 2021 year and the fully guaranteed amount of 2022, which is $1 million and $2 million. So when you do one plus two, that's three plus one, that's four, and the answer is four million is the salary cap charge. And then the following year, it would only be a million dollars for the last year of the signing bonus because his 2022 salary was not fully guaranteed, only a million of it. So the other 1.5 million doesn't count on the books. Number eight. <laughs> Edward Edwards was a first-round draft pick of the 2015 Buffalo Bills. He played a minimum of seven games in each season he was drafted, except for 2017 when he was placed on the non-football injury list for the entire season because of a wrist injury. Edwards signs a one-year contract consisting of a $137,500 signing bonus (laughs) (laughs) and his league minimum P5 salary with the Houston Texans in 2021. The... Contract also contains a hundred thousand in not likely to be earned incentives. What is Edwards' salary cap number? So, immediately a hundred thousand in not likely to be earned incentives. That means that doesn't count on his salary cap because they're not expecting him to get that production. And going to his number of credited seasons for a credited season. You need at least three games on the active roster. And he had at least seven in all seasons except 2017. So from 2015, you do 2015, 2016, 
2018, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. He just signed a deal for 2021. Ah, 2017 doesn't count because, remember, he was on the non-football injury list, and the non-football earning an accrued season or a credited season. Non-football injury list. So, in this scenario, since he's played one, two, three, four, five, five NFL seasons, he has five NFL credits, credited seasons, because he's played over... Over, what's the word I'm looking for? Over three games. He meets the threshold. So, for players with four to six credited seasons, they get a $990,000 base salary. So, if you do 930000 plus... The one hundred and thirty-seven thousand five hundred you would get one million one hundred and twenty-seven thousand five hundred dollars 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 dollars. <laughs> um yeah. So you would get one million one hundred and twenty-seven thousand five hundred dollars. And this is this contract is similar to a veteran salary contract, veteran salary benefit contract, except in that type of contract, the vet salary benefit, you can't have additional guarantees in the contract. I mean, additional bonuses in the contract. It's the maximum is only one hundred thirty-seven thousand five hundred, and. The difference between the veteran salary contract and this contract is with the vet salary on the signing bonus, it counts as if the player has two credited seasons instead of four to six. And the more credited seasons you have, the higher your base salary becomes. So, for instance, in this situation, he would have had, if he had the vet salary benefit contract, then on the team's cap, it would have looked like he had an $850,000 $850, contract instead of a $990,000 contract. Number nine. <laughs> Minnesota Viking safety Harrison Smith is fined for a hit on a defensive player during the third game of the 2021 regular season. He receives written notice of the fine on the Tuesday following the game. If Smith wants to appeal the fine, he must do the following. And this is one of those similar questions to like in a test where it's just like, remember the date, remember this day, remember this event. Similar case in this situation. This is Article 46, Commissioner Discipline. Article 46, Commissioner's Discipline, if a player gets basically find he must 
notify the commissioner within three business days of receiving notice of the fine that he wants to appeal. And then the process kicks in, and it generally takes up to a month tops to get the situation resolved. And this is one of those pretty kind of straightforward things. So basically any type of fine that a player has to deal with, you generally have to go through the commissioner to get it resolved in a way that favors your outcome or the benefit of you. And I got one more question on the NFL agent edition of the credentials. (laughs) (laughs) A little mini series. We'll have one final question, and this will be based on a scenario where the Baltimore Ravens selected... Orlando Brown in the third round of the 2018 NFL Draft. Brown is entering the final year of his rookie contract. He doesn't report to the start of Baltimore's training camp on July 25th because he wanted to be traded to a team that will play him at left tackle. Brown reported to the Ravens on August 20th because of his because of a refusal to trade him. The NFL's first regular season game is September 9th. Brown plays out his rookie contract. He still hasn't signed a new contract when the 2022 year league year starts league year starts which of the following is true now this information can be found on article 8 the last question like i said article 46 and number 8 about the vet salary contracts that's article 26 So going back to this question, he basically misses the start of training camp. And now his contract is limbo, which of the following is true. So in Article 8, you'll notice that for veterans, veteran players, in order for them to get an accrued season, they have to report to the start of preseason training camp. That's mandatory. That's an automatic disqualifier for getting an accrued season. And accrued seasons are so critical because they dictate when you're able to first hit unrestricted free agency. You need at least four accrued seasons to hit unrestricted free agency. And in that scenario, anything under four, or anything under four, well, if it's three, you're a restricted free agent, and then if it's less than three, you're an exclusive player, which means all the team has to do is give you a tender, a tender for the minimum, tender from the minimum, <laughs> and they automatically retain your rights. So these accrued seasons are very crucial for a player to enter free agency, and if his agent literally told him this was the strategy, then that agent should that agent should immediately be fired and should immediately not be an agent because that is terrible advice. That is absolutely horrible advice. So because of that, he didn't 
pass go and collect 200. That means he remains a restricted free agent in 2022. He didn't earn a fourth recruit season because he failed to report to Ravens preseason training camp on the mandatory reporting date, therefore costing him a chance at a big payday and increasing opportunity for something that should not be there. So... That's a wrap. Um, yeah. So that was a wrap for this week's edition of the NFL Agent Mini Series. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this is this is the credentials where we provide thought provoking content thought provoking content through the form of information and inspiration. I hope you found something interesting, something thought-provoking, something that you could share with your friends as fun facts. And please give feedback, give suggestions, give questions that you may have regarding this this NFL agent stuff. And um, look forward to you all joining another episode in another week during another day so with that being said goodbye generational sports partnerships and productions appreciates you viewing and or listening to this original content series let this empower you towards positive action now let's be great